This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We are killing it online. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on WSJS. So glad to have you on a Wednesday drive. It's WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where we're live. ACC tip-off, Uptown Charlotte. It's live action, Tracy. Fantastic guest list. John Shire, he'll be here in just a bit. Also on the docket, Joel Berry, Armando Baycott. Armando. Kevin Keats, and many more than that. So make sure you're sticking around for all the fantastic guests who are going to be dropping by our set and since it is ACC basketball media day it's only right we get into some ACC basketball news starting in 2025 it's going to be a brand new world for the ACC tournament not just because SMU Cal and Stanford are going to be playing in it but because there's a chance that some of those teams might not actually be in the tournament Earlier this morning, I asked Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, about his stance on the conference tournament format with 18 teams, and this is what he said. It varies a little bit, Josh, because we have, we're playing 18 games on the women's side, 20 games on the men's side, so that all kind of factors into ultimately, I, I don't know that we would invite 18 teams to, uh, to an ACC men's or women's basketball championship. I'm not sure. We're going to do the conference office. We'll do what the membership wants. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't feel like that's something that we should do. I, I, I've told them that, so I'm not speaking out of turn. I think you've got to earn your way to play in, I think, the most prestigious postseason basketball tournaments in the country. And if you don't get to a certain threshold, excuse me, if you don't get to a thir- certain threshold, then you just don't make it that year. This might be an unpopular take. I think he's right. I think it's a great idea. We don't need 18 teams in the tournament. If you do do 18 teams, you're going to have to add a day. Are we going to be watching ACC hoops on a Monday? Talking about a six-day tournament? That's what we're looking at now? Here's an idea. Before you start thinking about expanding the tournament to six days, how about a team that plays on Tuesday make it to Saturday for once, let alone win the tournament. The goal should be to have teams that could actually win the tournament participating in the tournament. And when a team on Tuesday has never even made it to the final round, why are we talking about adding days? In fact, it would be wise if they're going to explore not having all the teams in the ACC make the tournament, I'd be in, I'd be in favor of having 12 teams in the tournament more than I'd be in favor of having the full 18. 15's fine. The five-day tournament, cool. But I'd be down with you retracting the number rather than rather than adding the number, going back down to 12 and it feeling a little bit more old school, a little bit more like the tournament that we grew up watching and loving. And if you think, well, that's just not what the major conferences do, times are changing. And also we seem completely cool accepting it with baseball and some of the other conferences in basketball that do it as well. This is a good idea for Jim Phillips. Now let's get to a bad idea. The ACC women's basketball tournament has been in Greensboro 23 of the last 24 years, the exception being that weird HB2 season where they didn't have tournaments in the state of North Carolina. That's circa 2016, 2017, whatever year that was. Every year for the last quarter century, Sands won – The ACC Women's Basketball Tournament has been in Greensboro. It's been a staple. It's been a well-supported event. And just like ACC headquarters leaving Greensboro to Charlotte, it seems that the Women's Basketball Tournament might soon follow. Here was Phillips again this morning. Greensboro has been a wonderful home for the Women's Tournament and for the Men's Tournament. We We will certainly continue to populate Greensboro with our championship. But we're in a new home as well in Charlotte, and we want to take advantage of this world class city. Uh, so I think what you're going to see this fall is you'll see a, an announcement that will take us maybe over the next three or four years with our basketball tournaments. Again, I, I love the choices we have as we look at future championships, not only in, in the basketballs, but also in our Olympic sports. What are we doing? There are so many problems in college sports today to address. 
you got to put your arms around what the current state of the NCAA is, NIL, transfer portal, conference realignment. There's so much that's going on. There are so many problems that you need to solve and address. Why mess with something that isn't a problem? Why mess with something? This was the issue all along with moving headquarters in the first place. Why was this an issue? Other than there are just schools that don't like the fact that the league has such strong associations with Greensboro. And they don't like the fact they don't have a big airport. But the women's basketball tournament, I mean, there are times in Charlotte the men's tournament feels like it gets lost. Where you're in a cab or when you're walking around, people don't know that the ACC basketball tournament is here. And you want to take the women's tournament to Charlotte? It seems like a disaster. It seems unnecessary. Greensboro is the one city that I know of that's out there forcefully saying in public, we want the women's tournament and we want to support it like we do the men's tournament. That's something that Greensboro Mayor Nancy Vaughn has said to us numerous times that we're proud of the women's tournament and the way that we support that and we make it just like the men. We play in the Greensboro Coliseum just like the men do. We support it. We staff it just like the men do. That seems to be what Jim Phillips wants. Equal experiences among the men and the women and Greensboro provides that. At and the end that's, of the day, Jeff. This is something that seems to be unwise. So while I'll give them credit. Let's not have 18 teams. We don't need that. 15's fine. Maybe even retract the number if you want to to 12. Not a good idea to move the women's tournament around to anywhere else other than Greensboro. And you should expect an announcement in the next three to four weeks. You need an ACC football schedule for next year. That's obviously the most pressing thing. They talked about that at fall meetings last week. But... Last year at about this time, Jim Phillips was saying, yeah, expect an announcement on the 2025 ACC tournament. Still don't have it. He told me privately, three to four weeks, you should expect an announcement on that. We shall see. Where are they going to be for 25 and three of the next four ACC tournaments? What sites are they going to visit? Are they going to go back to Greensboro for the 75-year anniversary? That's something we could learn in the next few weeks. Tonight, a big night here in the city of Charlotte. The Charlotte Hornets open up their season against the Atlanta Hawks. WD, how excited are you as our resident Hornet fan? I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Brandon Miller. I really am. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know if excited is the right word. I'm curious to see how they use Miles Bridges tonight. Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show, online we are streaming video, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Make sure to reach us, or I guess X, on X, at WSJS Radio, but the Hornets are not the big show tonight. <laughs> the big show in the triad, or in the Queen City, we're not in the triad today, we're in the Queen City, is actually, yes, what you were just hinting at there, <laughs> Charwood FC. Charwood FC on WSJS tonight will play its first ever postseason match. They have the New York Red Bulls tonight. This is North Carolina history. It's not just Charwood FC history. First postseason game in franchise history, and that's later tonight. And it's in their second year of existence. So it's shades of the Hurricanes that did it in the 90s. The Panthers go into the championship game in the NFC in their second year as well. And here's the thing. Charlotte enters red hot. Points in their last four, outright wins in three of those games. And that includes beating Lionel Messi, a game he started and finished. The only time he's been beaten in an MLS game that he started. That happened last weekend. So Charlotte's red hot, and the New York Red uh, Red Bulls in Charlotte have only played tight games this year. 2-2 draw, 1-1 draw. They haven't met since June. No draws tonight. The winner of tonight's game will be going to Cincinnati, best of three series to face the top team in the Eastern Conference. Charlotte FC Soccer, the big show tonight, making North Carolina sports history with the first ever MLS match involving a team from the state of North Carolina. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. Back at ACC tip-off, we carry Duke basketball here on WSJS. I've been getting grief today because everybody says I'm wearing Duke-colored Jordans today. Come on, man, you look good. You look good. And that's the reason we all do it, WD. <laughs> John Shire, Duke so head coach, about. is joining us now. 
the first thing I think of when I look at your schedule is, wow, four preseason top 25 ranked teams. You're going on the road at Arkansas in the first ever ACC-SEC challenge. You have Arizona coming in to start the year in game number two, but it's the start of a home-and-home. Home. You've spoken before about the importance of playing road games before conference play arrives. What do you think your team really gets out of it as you say you plan to continue uh, scheduling home-and-homes? Well, you know what? The, the experience of being put in different environments and different situations, I, I just think there's such value in that. And like we want to win every game. That's the goal, right? Uh, but playing in them, there's no question when it comes time, ACC play, February, March, whatever it is, uh, we'll be better prepared the more environments we're in. So it's a great test. I can tell you all of our players, you could ask them, they want to play in these games. Like This is why you come to Duke, to play in some big-time environments. And I'm really excited for the challenge, those opportunities. Uh, it'll be it'll be a great thing for, for Duke, for Cameron, and uh, especially playing on the road, that'll be a great experience. How much of an emphasis was that in spring meetings from Jim Phillips and the ACC when trying to game the net? Well, we talked about scheduling. And, and the thing you can do the most, of course, is win, right? Like if everybody won in our league, uh, not conference, we're going to be in great shape. But the more aggressive, if, you, if some of your teams can be more aggressive, uh, the advice was to be more aggressive. And that can help not just the school, but also the league. Uh, so that's something I think really helped everybody here understand how we can be better uh, to make sure we have, we're playing games that are quad one, quad two uh, in ACC play. Kyle Filipowski has said that his goal is to make it to the NBA. Your job is to help him get there. He returns to Duke. What has been an emphasis in his game to make a translation to the league or give him a better shot at being drafted pretty high? Yeah, you know, Kyle, look, if he if his thing was just to make it to the NBA, he could have done that already, but he wants to be there for a long time. Uh, and there's a lot that he can improve on. You know, one of the things last season, he, had, he was terrific uh, scoring, rebounding. I've always loved his playmaking, and I think that's something you can see this year. He really grew to be – a versatile defender last year that you'll see that consistently, you know, how he can switch, he can protect. Uh, but those two areas are big. And then just look, the ability to do it every single game. That's just something that the dependability uh, is a big thing that we need Kyle to be that guy every game this year. You're in year two. You have four starters back. You got a high preseason ranking. There are some who look at that and say, where have we heard that script before? Somewhere maybe nearby. I know coaches, when it comes to motivation, always like to center and give their teams perspective. Hey, you got to go out there and earn it. Do you use examples like what happened in Chapel Hill to say, hey, this is not something that's granted? No, you know, I didn't. I haven't brought that up, but I, but I have talked about our team specifically. And just because of a ranking, just because of expectations, you're not entitled to anything. And I've really emphasized the reality of now, like wh where are we as a team today? October, was it October 25th? Yes. All right, October 25th today, where are we? Where's our pick and roll defense? Where's our habits of blocking out and sharing the ball? And that's where I want our energy and, and focus on. And the rest will take care of itself if we do that. John Shire's with us here. we got to get to the most important thing. Duke football has had a resurgence under Mike Elko. Yep. Have you seen the Riley Leonard basketball tape? Of course I have. Of course. I've, Did the thought come across your mind? If he wasn't that good of a football player, absolutely it would have. But he's, he's he needs to be our quarterback, man. I'm not trying to take him away from anything else. He's too good at football uh, to play dual sports. But he could do it. Like, we'd take him as a walk-on any day of the week. He can, he can really play. He got humbled, apparently. He said the first week he was on campus, he thought it would be a good idea to challenge Paulo Boncaro. <laughs> didn't really go well. <laughs> I haven't heard that story, but I'm not surprised. Just like Paulo thinks he's a quarterback, I'm not sure he can throw it the same way that uh, Riley does. I'm sure you could still hold your own in some of those pickup games, right? Every now and then. I'm better if I have other guys on the court. John Shire, have fun. Thanks for making time for the triad. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks John Shire, joining the show. And Riley Leonard, yeah. Have you seen the videos? No, I haven't seen I just oh. heard the story when he told oh. it to us. You you need to find those. He balls. Well, he hoops is what you're saying. He he balls. <laughs> the the tape is insane. 
Let me see if I can find the the basketball video. Oh, the video on YouTube or wherever you care to look. I don't know what an alternative to YouTube is. There's just outstanding video of him, like, mossing dudes for rebounds, going coast to coast, nearly dunking. Riley Leonard, a dude on the basketball court. Something that we haven't had time to talk about, WD, is something that we disagree on. The World Series matchup is set. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks, who won Game 7 last night against the Philadelphia Phillies, facing the Texas Rangers. And this is no good for me. It's no good, and most people agree that this is no good. I've heard about a dozen people today suggesting that this is probably the worst World Series matchup in a long time. No less than a decade. Like, this is probably the worst World Series matchup we've had in a decade, probably longer. You have to go back before we knew the Giants were good. The first time they were there with Bochy against the Rangers in 2010. That's probably the last one that was that bad. And maybe since the Giants had the success with Barry Bonds, it wasn't even. Astros, White Sox maybe in 2005. But then again, it's Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens that are on that Astros team. The White Sox weren't very that weren't very good. This, If it were Philadelphia in this series, it would move the needle because of Bryce Harper and stars and storylines that are appealing. Neither of these teams moved the needle. Texas yeah. never won a World Series. They lost. I mean, they haven't won a. They haven't won a. I think they've won one home game this entire playoffs. Like they lost a hundred games a couple years ago. How, Dallas. How did the Rangers not move the needle? They're one, they, they've been one of the hotter teams in baseball. Just because you're hot doesn't mean you're good. Ask 2022 North what Carolina. What does it mean? What does what? it mean? What does it mean? It means then? you got hot. Like you're would playing you say, good. Would you say? Would you say the 2022 North Carolina team was good? Yes, that was I a would. Good team. You'd say that. I would. At that current time, can they you were. be a good team that barely gets into the NCAA tournament? Well, di- different. There's 64 of them. That's different what I'm saying. Time. Like they got hot, but at this current moment, and it was justified when those dudes came back and didn't make the tournament a year later. A tournament a year later it was justified. That's what I'm saying. Just because you get hot doesn't mean you're a super good team. And I'm gonna trust the sample of 162 that says that the Arizona Diamondbacks are an average team over the sample of 10. 84 and 78. That baseball gives you the sample. How do you know they're not good? 162 games. Yeah, but they're in the World they Series. Yes, they got hot. So they're just playing get, the best right now. Just because you get hot doesn't mean you're good. It means you're good right now. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. That's the definition of being hot. You're good right now. But that doesn't mean you're a good team. Two totally different things. Bad teams teams can get hot. Here's evidence. The Carolina Panthers play the Texans at home this week, the Colts at home the week after that, and then they're at the Chicago Bears. If the Panthers win three, all three of those games, that does not mean the Panthers are good. It could mean they're hot. Against bad teams, that's different than getting to the World Series. But that's just driving home the point. So – I think Major League Baseball needs to change this format. I do. We have two years of a sample of it where we're not it's not netting the best teams. It's what we want. Like I'm fine with an upset here and there. I don't want the upset to be the norm. Like even with March, oh we love upsets in March Madness. Not if all of them are upsets. Not if more than half are upsets. Not if the majority were upsets. That's not what you want. You still want Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, and Kansas getting far. That's what's best for the sport. And this was not good for baseball. It's not. And the ratings will bear it out. You're telling me, oh, it's super interesting. You watch. I mean, I think it is. It's going to be the worst rating we've seen in a decade. We'll see. You watch. I mean, I I think it's exciting. Actually, you watch. I dare you is what I say. Watch the Diamondbacks face I the will. Rangers. Who cares? In fact, I, I will. Side note, postscript, relevant, Salty Orioles fan. That's you. <laughs> Just change your Twitter <laughs> but handle to that I right don't, now. But, but 
you know, if the Orioles were the hot team, I'd say the same thing. If they had the same record as the Rangers, I'd say I'm interested, but America probably isn't. But the O's won 100 games. I mean, 90 wins, Rangers. Yeah, like 10, 12 less than the Orioles. That's what I'm saying. Ah. He was never voted most likely to succeed. You're such a loser. But then again, were you? The very concept is unimaginable. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. How about this? Our first guest from ACC Tip-Off is our friend Joel Berry, who knows the triad very well, knows the show very well. How's it going, man? Everything's going well. When you have basketball back and up and running, um, this is the best time of the season. I mean, just sports in general is in full force, so I couldn't be more excited. See, obviously you're known for your time with the Tar Heels a great deal. Armando Baycott's going to be joining us in about a half hour. And speaking of that, there's something we need to address with him because he apparently gets picked on by his teammates because of that video he did. That was us, you know, just trying to put some money in a kid's pocket when NIL was early on. Apparently he's trying to get rid of it now. BDOT sent us this earlier in the summer trying to finagle a financial arrangement, if you will. Now, Josh Graham is still using it. When he was whispering, he's still using it. He says that y'all can talk about terms to financially buy it, but he doesn't want that. I think I got to buy it out. I'm so embarrassed. Right? I buy why, don't, why won't you just do a Tell new one? I got 10. I got 10 for it. <laughs> 10 what? 10K, we wipe it off. <laughs> just do a different Armando. Nah, 10 I'm not wiping it off. He said, give you 10K. 10 and we retired. <laughs> Why don't you just say, Armando. I can't. I can't do it. Man. If I do it, he'd rather pay. He'd rather pay. What? So he wants to pay. That's that's where it was left. He's going to be here in a half hour, but he's, he's offered the show $10,000 to stop playing Armando this drop. Armando. Because he doesn't like his rendition of it. He just doesn't like it. I mean, why not? I mean, to pay ten thousand, man. These, these look at this. This these these kids are getting pretty crazy <laughs> with this nil stuff, where they just trying to pay people off, man. What's going on? Tried tried to pay us off. So I told I told him <laughs> I told him through like the the grapevine, but we haven't visited, and we will in just a bit. That I don't want the ten grand. I just it can go to a charitable cause. That's what we'll do. But the stipulation I need him to agree to, we'll take the ten grand and put it to a charity or something. However, we need somebody else to voice the Armando drop. The drop doesn't Armando. die. He just wants the video and himself doing it to die. I'm cool with that. So he, he's okay with the, with the sound. He That's just right. doesn't want the video. He doesn't like himself on Armando. it. So I, I might he- be knocking on your door to <laughs> – to voice a new Armando <laughs> drop. I know Randolph Childress is a big oh. fan of it, so maybe we can work I love that the, I love the voice, though. I haven't seen the video, but I love the voice. It's it's angelic. Yeah, it like, sure is. Part of me Armando. is thinking we should just say no. We'll turn down the money in general principle. I mean, you have the video in your hands. So I do. He can't do anything about it. He can't force you. He's trying to pay me off, and, you know, everybody has a price, Joel Barry. Exactly. <laughs> Might do it for the kids. Figure it out. What's been the highlight of your day thus far, visiting with all 15 coaches in the ACC and players? Yeah, I'm just excited about um, how these guys and players and coaches are excited about getting started. You know, going through the preseason um, in summertime, you compete against your guys so many times to the point where it kind of gets annoying towards the beginning of the season and just to hear um, just the, the, the way the coaches are talking about the players that are filling new roles, um, that are stepping up into new uh, new areas, the transfers that are coming in, you know, that's a big thing now in this environment is transfer. How can these transfers come in and have an impact on their teams right away? But I'm excited to see these guys get out on the court. I think it's a huge um, uh, uh, year for the ACC. You know, collectively, the big thing has been, you know, be as a collective being better in the non-conference and i think um i I look forward to seeing what our teams can do um in the non-con i'm glad you bring that up because north carolina my issue with their schedule is not that it's difficult it's my, my my issue is that it's all compacted 
in the sense that they're likely, after playing Northern Iowa, going to face two ranked teams in the, on the Bahamas trip at the Battle for Atlantis. And then in a, that will begin, perhaps, a run of seven straight games against high major opponents where you're going up against Tennessee, You've got Florida State, which the league gave you. You have, you have obviously, the game against Kentucky and Atlanta, UConn, right there in their backyard at <laughs> Madison Square Garden. I just That's the part that concerns me where there's so much new that once you hit that stretch in Thanksgiving, what are they going to come out as Oklahoma as well and the uh, Jumpman as well in Charlotte? Yeah, that, that is a difficult schedule. Um, and being able to get out of that, and have some really quality wins, it's going to be hard. I mean, you put – you're right about that. Having that much uh, talent or having those type of teams in such a small amount of time is hard. But, you know, the thing is, is it presents a challenge. And for the ACC to get back um, and, and to have uh, quality teams – within the ACC with big-time wins, you have to have a schedule like that. And that's what Jim Phillips has been stressing is that we have to, we have to make our non-conference like this. And Coach, Coach Davis has gone out and done that. So it is, it is a tough and will be a tough stretch for Carolina. But I think they have the pieces to be able to get some things done. Have you had a chance to watch Elliot Cadeau yet? I've only seen some tape of him. I haven't seen him in person. Oh, I was about to say, you haven't gone back one of those pickup games and take them on yet well when you have a two-month-old you know it's kind of hard to to pack things up uh, i buried the lead <laughs> congratulations Joel i appreciate Barry it i appreciate that. it but it's hard to get back sometimes but you know just from what i've been hearing um i know he's a little bit different he's a little bit smaller than kendall marshall but to me kendall You're marshall two month old or elliot cadeau uh <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. That's Sorry. a good one. Elliot Cadeau. Um, yeah. But he is a little bit smaller than Kendall Marshall. I think Kendall Marshall will always be the best passer. Maybe Ed Cota up there because Ed Cota could pass the hell out of the ball. But um, I think they're more. that's what they're excited about for him, um, being able to bring a guy in, especially when you look at Carolina last year, had the third fewest assists um, in the ACC. So it's just – they need that ball moving and having a guy like that. And then I think about me and Marcus Page playing together in the backcourt. Maybe RJ and, and, and uh, Elliot can play in the backcourt and having that speed, having that talent will be something to see. Are you going to be emotional at all, nostalgic at all, when you get to Washington, D.C. in the ACC tournament, remembering probably the last time you were there? Yes, it will. That was um, – you know, that season for me was – a really special season. Um, I try. I, I tell my story all the time. Uh, my freshman year was very hard, um, and coming back that sophomore year and having that type of season and to cap off in the midst of a season to win the most outstanding player for the uh, for the ACC tournament. That was huge for me mentally um, and to step in the right direction. So going back will be. Uh, I'm, it, it will be awesome, and I look forward to it. And maybe we can get another Arizona or a Final Four run and get to Arizona. That will cap it off. Just saying. I was hanging out in New Orleans last week and had memories of us hanging out there in 2022. <laughs> Before I let you go, have you submitted your ACC ballot? I have. Who would you pick to win the league? I picked Duke to win the league. I had two. Who's the runner-up? North Carolina. That's going to be awesome. But where it gets controversial is I, I had picked Clemson. I had Clemson, too. Okay. Telling you. All right. I'm telling you. I like you, Clemson. Watch out for the Tigers. I like Clemson. Watch out for the who, – who's the player of the year? Player of the year, I pick uh, Kyle Filipowski. See, I was between Flip, Armando. Armando. Yeah, it was <laughs> and, and, and P.J. Hall, and I picked P.J. Hall. Okay, those are three really good candidates. Just because I feel like if they overachieve in the eyes of people, that's a guy that will get a lot of votes. Yeah. And I think he will. I can agree. I know you got television to do. Thanks yes, sir. for coming by, man. Oh, yeah, always. It's always good. And congratulations again on the two-month-old, the whole deal. You seem like you're very happy, and I can imagine why. Yeah, I'm very happy, and it's always a pleasure being on the show. Yeah, we'll get you back on. Yes, sir. There goes Joel Berry. I don't even need to get through his bona fides. You know the deal already. But thanks for the time. There he goes joining us. We'll visit a little bit later on. Uh, Armando Baycott going to be here in about 20 minutes Armando. or so. 
Rondo. Got business. We got negotiating to do to here. To talk about business. Money. To handle. Yes. I mean, Cage. you have the line, money, you know, in Outer Banks. So, I mean, that's what we got to talk that's about. That's true. It's very that's true. fitting. He had one line on his IMDb. Yep. One line. Money. Money. It's almost it's it's kind of fitting. It's like it's meant to be. It does. So, let's figure it out. Let's do it for the kids. Let's get the show going. It's the drive with Josh Graham. This is exciting. Armando Baycott is now with us as we get set here at ACC Tip Off to get through a history lesson really quick. I, I know you're avail I know you're aware of the drop that we've had for a very long time. Armando. But do you know that when your freshman year in college, uh-huh. we thought you were going to be a one and done. And I heard this song from a movie. It was an Italian song called Imando. We just started playing it every time your name was mentioned on the show. It sounded like this. Oh, and then, <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and then NIL became a thing. And we're like, we got to put money in the kids' pockets. That's what we need to do. Yes. So that's why I went on Cameo, and we got the drop that you've given us for the last few years. Armando. But I'm saddened to hear that you don't like it. Oh, uh, it's, it's funny. It's funny. I just I get real cringe, like, hearing it. Okay, you get cringe hearing yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those things. But, like, it is funny, though. My teammates mess with me all about it, too. So that, that's a part of it. I hate that they mess with you about it. And then BDOT sent me this earlier this summer that was a very important thing to get to. Now, Josh Graham is still using it. When he was whispering, he still uses it. He says that y'all can talk about terms to financially buy it, but he doesn't want that. I think I got to buy it out. I'm so embarrassed. Why don't don't you just do a new one? I got 10. I got 10 for it. 10 10 what? 10K, we wipe it up. Let's do a different Armando. 10, I'm not wiping it out. He said, give you 10K. 10 and we retired. <laughs> Why don't you just say, Armando? If I do it, he'd rather pay. Yeah, and you know, I'm about the kids. I'm about charity if you want to do that. But my thing is, the people need to be happy too. So what what ruling? I'm going to let Armando Baycott decide Armando. this. Like, what, what do you want to do about this? Uh... <laughs> I'll give fifteen thousand to the uh, to the drive. Oh, I, I'm willing. I don't. I don't. I don't want to take the fifteen grand. I want it to go to a nonprofit. Is there a nonprofit or like a charity that you like that we could give half of that to? Yeah. Okay. So we'll figure that out. Half of it will go to a charity of Armando's choosing. He's so over it. And then we're gonna. <laughs> He's so over it. And it's funny though. It is and funny. then we're gonna wipe this up. out completely. But there is one important thing I need. A stipulation on that goes completely the video that sound can i get another carolina legend to revoice that so yes. we still keep the drop that's fair okay so there you go 15k but half of it go half of it goes to a charity of my choosing and half of it goes to one yep. of yours what kind of charitable things do you like that stand out? Uh, I've been working out with this uh, organization called MeFind that, like, help uh, kids with serious uh, illnesses in their families. So that's been really fun for me, and that's been great. And there's a thing in Winston-Salem that I want to support called the National Sports Media Association. Since I'm in the media, you're doing this with the media, you've won a media award as well in recent years. That's a thing that needs supporting in Winston-Salem as well. So we'll do half of that for the National Sports Media Association as well. BDOT isn't here, and that bums me out. I know, man. He was here last year, right? He was. He's here all the time. That's what I'm saying. We usually have him here and doing the thing. How was late night? How did he do? He did great. I mean, BDOT, his addition to the Smith Center has been amazing, and I love it. It's a lot of fun, and he gave me hype, so that's all that matters. Yeah, and the other thing is I wish he were here because when visiting players walk by and see him, that's what I'm saying. they're like, where do I know this dude from? Exactly. I don't remember. And then they he find the, out. He's the little annoying guy. Little annoying. He could be the little annoying guy sometimes. Uh, Armando Baycott is joining us here. Don't play the drop. Yeah, man. Because I'm we're retiring it. Four years, man. It's been a long time. <laughs> like, 
since <laughs> November of 2019, we've been playing that on see, now, this show. See, now I feel bad. We got we got to find somebody to do it. We'll get like Chris Brown to sing it or something. Hey, let's make that happen. Let's That's a do that. Alternative. I I we'll will get figure... Travis Scott to like use it ad lib or something. That must have been the coolest thing that was ever. Possible. Though. When did you yeah. find out he was coming to practice? Uh, I already knew. Like the players didn't know, but Coach Davis had told me because they know how big of a fan I was of Travis Scott. So we was lit, and then canceled the concert though. That was the part that sucked because I got it like a whole suite to it and everything. And I was very upset it was canceled. Did he? When he showed up, did you? You don't strike me as a guy who gets starstruck all that often. Were you starstruck in that moment? I was. I was trying to, like, get myself together. I'm like, man, I can't look like a groupie or a crazy fan. You know, that happened to me a lot of times. But, like, now I see, like, the situation that people are in. Like, with me now, I get it because I was, like, stumbling up my words, lost for words. But it was it was cool. You didn't get an autograph, did you? He signed my shoes. Oh, signed his shoes. There you go. Armando Baycott. My Travis Scott's actually. Signed my Travis Scott. That's oh, cool. you have your Travis Scott. What he are you wearing today? Choice. I just got on some sixes, but he signed my Travis Scott. That's great. Armando Baycott, you did it for the kids. That's what you did. Uh, appreciate you spending <laughs> the time with us, and we'll see you throughout the season. Appreciate you. There it goes. Armando Baycott joining us on the show. Armando. Can anything happen over the next two hours and ten minutes that tops that? I doubt it. I mean, is it we're gonna possible? have. I mean, anything's possible. We got some good stuff cooking. We got Kevin Keats. We got John Shire. Yeah, but that we was do. maybe that, Mark Packer, maybe yeah. Steve Forbes. Maybe. maybe you never know. To that what I say, well, you know, he can give you some movie recommendations. He can, and he can hear me say in his voice whether I've seen it or not. That's true. Well. He That'll might be not be familiar with that. What yeah. was that originally from? It, he was, I can't remember what he was asked, but he was doing one of his press conferences and somebody asked him something and he was like, well. Speaking of the Deeks, how cool was it? You were there over the weekend to see Ish Smith honored for being a Wake Forest Hall of Famer while Florida State was in town, or pardon me, while Pittsburgh was in town. It was really cool because... First of all, he's an NBA champion now. That's right. Second of all, one he's, one of, he's one of your go-tos in Immaculate Grid, so it was um, kind of cool to see I that. I need to check my Immaculate you Grid do. today to see if Ish Smith would qualify. Yeah. And three, uh huh. as of last night, Ish Smith Charlotte back Hornets. with the Charlotte Hornets. Let's go. I think he played for the Rockets. Probably. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Rocket OKC Ish Smith, 0.6%. Speaking of the Hornets – Tonight is about Brandon Miller Mm. because with the Miles Bridges fiasco that's going on, and last night, shout out to Charles Barkley for pressing the commissioner, Adam Silver, about some of these domestic abuse situations that we've seen and how the NBA is handling it. The draw tonight is Brandon Miller because we know what the Charlotte Hornets look like without Miles Bridges on it. We know what they are, and they're one of the five worst teams in the NBA. We saw that movie. Now, enjoy watching a healthy LaMelo with a healthy Gordon Hayward while you can. Sure, that's something that you that can appeal to you if you are a Hornet fan like WD is. But by and large, this is not a good basketball team. It's not a playoff basketball team. If Bridges isn't on the team, we know this. Unless Brandon Miller turns out to be a huge addition for them. If Brandon Miller, right out of the gate, can add some length, can add some shooting, can add some things that they've been lacking in recent seasons. Miller, he can be the source of optimism for this team. And this is the thing with the Hornets more than any other team, professional team in the state of North Carolina. The bar is so freaking low. It is. Like, what do what do Hornet fans long for? They long for the time of Grandmama, Muggsy Bogues, oh my gosh, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, right? You long for that. They won one playoff series. So the, the golden era of Charlotte Hornet basketball, one playoff series win. All 
we really want from them. Be entertaining. Be fun. Do you have to be good? I don't know about that. Can you be entertaining? Can you be fun? And with LaMelo Ball, there's a good chance of that. With Miles Bridges when he was out there, Airbnb, the whole deal, that's fun. Can br- that's the bar for Brandon Miller. That's what's different than, say, even Bryce Young right across town. Bryce Young, it's, hey, can you get us to the playoffs and be as good as Cam Newton? Well, that dude won an MVP. Can you do that? That's a higher bar to meet of expectation. That's not on Brandon Miller's shoulders. That's not the way people are talking. People are saying, can you be better than Scoot Henderson? Can, can, can you at least get to the playoffs every now and then and win a series once a decade? That's that's the bar that's been set for the Hornets. And speaking of Scoot Henderson and the guy who was taken ahead of Brandon Miller, Victor Webbanyama, they're going to make their debuts tonight. The Dallas Mavericks are at the Spurs. It's the late game on ESPN. The early game is Nick Celtics. And then you have the Blazers facing the Clippers. That's where Scoot Henderson will make his debut. That's the appeal tonight. Anything you would add, WD, as an actual Hornet fan, though? I just want to feel like they've got the beginning of, like, a core. And I want to feel like they're going in the right direction. I don't want to feel like they're just wandering around with no purpose. Like, I want them to feel like LaMelo is coming along with Brandon Miller and others. Like, I want to feel – and maybe even see Gordon Hayward put up semi-decent numbers like he used to. I just want to feel like they're heading in a certain direction. And laughter last year, I didn't feel like they were. It's just kind of – that's just what it was. And now, on with the show. Showtime. Back to the drive with Josh Graham. Okay. Kevin Keats is with us. Sounds like this might have made it into one of the playlists. The song's close to 25 years old now. I'm glad, man. I'm glad you guys are playing some good music. I like it. You know it. Jay-Z's 99 Problems. I'd say probably prior to last year, you had 99 Problems or close to that as you were trying to turn things around. So now I got 98 is what you're saying. (laughs) One of those problems isn't an NCAA tournament drought. Yeah. That's not one of the problems. How much better – is an off-season fresh off an NCAA tournament appearance versus one where you're trying to sell hope in the future that you're going to get there? Well, you, you know this. Everybody loves winning. And so anytime you can win, everything smells better, tastes better, is better. And so, I, you know, going into the season, we, we wanted to put together a roster, as we did this past year, that would be competitive and win and uh, give those guys a lot of credit. 23 games, winning uh, 12 and 8 in the ACC and back into the tournament. Was there a template that you followed the way that you approached the portal and bringing in guys like Jarkel last year and all the additions you've had this year? Well, we, we wanted uh, – I, I looked for a dynamic point guard, but I just didn't want a good basketball player. The one thing that made Jarkel Joyner special was he was certainly a good basketball player, but the leadership and qualities that he brought to our locker room uh, meant more to us than just what he did on the court. How much has the transfer portal allowed teams like yours to build quicker and to fill problems sooner? Well, the transfer portal, you're going to either like it or hate it. Where do you stand? I like it. And I'll tell you why. Um, and, and, and I say this is because, you know, you're going to lose some – really good players. We, we lose players. We lost players to the transfer portal. But you also have to get guys who are dedicated and want to play for your program. And so if you got someone who there who's not happy, uh, may not be playing the way he wants to play, just needs a different scenery, I think it's completely fine. Um, but we have to go out and we got to go out and find some guys that fit into what we're looking for and to be able to play in our system. And, you know, we've done very well in the portal, and hopefully we can continue to do that. Kevin Cates is with us here. This is my larger concern about where things are headed. It's not necessarily just basketball, football too. I've had football coaches tell me they prefer recruiting the portal rather than recruiting high school because you, if you're talking NIL, you know they can handle money probably better. 
you like the college tape more than you like the high school tape in terms of what's translatable. My concern is what that does to high school basketball and football recruiting when the portal is so prevalent. Well, I think it depends on the year. You know, let's say, you know, you got a team that you had just taken some sophomore transfers. Mm -hmm. And those, those sophomore transfers, you know, now at a school where they can't transfer for the second time, now you need some good freshmen you can develop. There won't be as many scholarships for freshmen, but I do think that there are going to be several opportunities as this thing slows down a little bit. Remember, one of the things that's getting in the way now that's extended some of the young men's, um, you know, careers is you had the COVID waivers. Yes. So after a couple of years, I think I think you'll see more and more high school guys once the COVID waivers are done. I'm interested in how that affects your recruiting calendar and your approach, though. Jim Laranega has done a great job in the portal, and he's told us now in the fall we focus on high school recruiting. In the spring, we focus on uh, the transfer portal. I don't know. Like, what strategies have you figured work so far? Well, I, I think I think that's um, spot on. I think when we go out in the summer, and we're looking, we're looking at you know what guys could be good for us um, from the high school ranks. And when we go out in September through October, you know, I think we look at that. I don't think if you don't sign a guy early in high school, the chances of you taking a freshman late is a little bit less than it used to be. I think once that portal opens up after the season, you kind of shift your focus to possibly getting an older kid that can come in and play right away. While we're talking recruiting, we heard Jim Phillips earlier today speaking about basketball going, one thing coaches like is the opportunity to sell kids in different markets that you're going to be playing games close to home. And obviously you have Texas represented now and you have the state of California. How does that change your approach if at all to national recruiting well i i think it i think i think all of our teams in our league are capable of recruiting national and you've yeah. you know you've had kids from california yeah i don't i think it certainly doesn't uh i think it can help if you got certain schools in different states where you can say we're going to come back and play games in your state i don't think it hurts you at all how many of those schools have you visited of the three? Yeah. SMU. SMU is the only yeah. one. When I was um, assistant at Louisville, we were uh, in the AAC yeah. for one year, and we played at SMU. That was probably Larry Brown or Jankovic. It, was, it, was, it would have been Larry Brown. Okay. And then, so I'm sure you've done recruiting in California, though. So are we talking in and out or Whataburger in terms of what you <laughs> prefer? Well, when I went to California, it was more in and out. Yeah, it was more in and out. Gotta, gotta and I had sure. to try it. I had to try it. What'd you think? I liked it. I mean, you know, I don't think that um, I can eat it all the time. It's going to make me work a little harder if I have it every day. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Kevin Keats, he's uh, hanging out with us here. One thing I brought up to the commissioner today, when you're adding three teams, well, how does that exactly work with the conference basketball tournament? And Jim said that he wouldn't be in favor of expanding the tournament. He would it would be like baseball to a degree that you'd have to earn your right to be in the tournament. How, how do you feel about the idea of some teams not playing in the conference tournament? I would love to see everyone in. I, I think even if you added a day, even if you added a day or like, for example, and I, and trust me, I don't pretend to know, but I know on the first day on Tuesday, there's two games. Mm -hmm. Could there be four games? Um, you know, three games on Tuesday. Three they games. Have, yeah. yeah. Could we do one, Monday, just one game on Monday and four games on Tuesday. I think my my personal take on it is, you know, that the, the conference tournament is so important to give hope. And, you know, just being able to make the tournament and have a chance to, you know, it's similar to the NCAA tournament. What's everybody love? Everybody loves the St. Peter's and have a good run. How about the team that's picked 17-18? Um, Finishes 17, 18, having the opportunity to go and win for five straight days. One thing that um, Luke DeCock wrote a couple of years ago from the NNO, and he, we've actually pitched at Jim Phillips, is they're going to announce the next three or four tournament sites in the next few weeks, 75-year anniversary. Let's have an ACC tournament first day at Reynolds Coliseum. How, how cool would that be if looking into the future, your NC State's coach, 
and we're talking about conference tournament games coming back to Reynolds. I think we should have the whole tournament at Reynolds, Reynolds Coliseum every year. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the smartest thing that we can do. <laughs> That'd be a tough ticket. To It'll get. be a tough ticket to be again, but. I'm telling you, we should do it. Everybody has to – hey, if your team's not playing, you got to clear out after it's over. Um, no, I, I think that would be great. I don't know that that will ever happen where we do the first day at Reynolds, but I think it's a great idea, similar to what they do at Dayton. Yes, absolutely. I think you could do it for a one-off. Before we let you go, he's not here. He's supposed to be here. B dot. he's the sixth man of Tar Heel basketball, and he's not here. And I think it's because he doesn't want to face you after his team didn't make the tournament and yours did. Well, I don't I don't know if it's that, you know, B-Dot and I have a special relationship. And um, I think he got in trouble last year because he threw up the, the, the wolf, wolf pack side. My and, dad's an NC State man, no, by the and way. Listen, you should know that. You know, by, you know, I, I he and I go a long ways. And I don't think he meant to offend anybody. But I think some people, he caught some flack off of that part of it and, I just didn't think he wanted to go through it. And then he's kind of, you know, he, my, my problem, my main problem with him, because I really like him, yeah. is I think he's starting to pick pro sports over college a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's doing stuff with the Hornets. Yeah, and I mean, just, you know, he's forgetting his roots. So we got to remind him. Got to remind him sometimes. When you win in the Smith Center, maybe it might be like overtime again or something like that. Now, it, it, it'd probably be a great feeling, maybe one of the greatest feelings as a coach, to walk past that tunnel leaving and seeing a sad B-Dot with his no, I'm, hat on listen, stuff. It, you know, winning has nothing to do with B-Dot. B-Dot's a good dude. He does what he does. I, I respect what he does. I'm happy for him. You know, he, you know, he's, he's a basketball fan at heart. So, and I know he, you know, he's a tall heel, but he really deep down inside now, he's my guy now. He likes me a lot. I'm telling you, I, that's you, you, you get that out of people. Yeah. I remember in Winston-Salem, Josh Howard showed up to a game and he was wearing, he wasn't wearing Deacon stuff and people didn't know. That's right. They were rooting for the, he was rooting for the Wolfpack. He was rooting for his coach. He back was rooting in the day. for his coach. He was rooting for his coach and, and in the same situation. And um, man, always thank you for having me on yes. and I appreciate you. That's Kevin Keats, the head coach of the Wolfpack.